Main Street to Wall Street, global business celebrity and former Fortune 100 C-suite executive Jeffrey Hazlett takes you inside the good, the bad, and the ugly of businesses today. Saddle up. It's time for All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Hey, after a year of being cooped up, Americans say they're ready to travel. I know I am. I'm going to make as many trips as I can because I want some business and I want some fun. According to TripAdvisor, 67% of you are planning a vacation this summer. That same study finds that most plan to stay in a hotel. That's not surprising. Many of those hotels can't wait to fill up after seeing business dry up because of COVID. Today's guest is an expert at all things in hospitality. Anthony Melcury has spent a lifetime in the hotel business at all levels and is the CEO of Arigo Hospitality. He also co-hosts Checking In, one of the top hotel industry podcasts. You may also recognize him from his time as host of Hotel Impossible on the Travel Channel. Anthony, welcome to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Well, thank you very much. It's great to be here. I appreciate it. And I think that it's 67% good. of people that are going to travel is probably really 99%. I think so too. I think some people are being a little quiet, but I, you know, most people I know can't wait and they're posting pictures, you know, as they get on a plane, you know, all businesses were kind of hit hard by the pa- pandemic, especially hotels. Now, what are the expectations for the upcoming summer season? Well, it really comes down to where you are. If you're in New York, you're in L.A., you're in San Francisco, you're Chicago, and you have a boutique hotel or a big convention hotel, you're still going to be suffering. You're not going to be at you know where you were in 2019, but it's getting better. We're seeing those numbers improve. I just had the chief marketing officer for Marriott on uh, my show yesterday, and he said that he's seeing the numbers in those cities go up, but nothing like if you're at a state or federal park, or you're at a beach. Those numbers are crazy. Vegas just had their busiest week in eight years last week. They and, and for the future, they booked more conventions last week for the future than they've booked in the history of Las Vegas. They just announced at the Park MGM, which is one of my favorite hotels. I stayed at the Nomad there, and they just booked uh, Bruno Mars, and he sold out in seconds for his residency. So. Um, travel, people have pent up, people are ready to go. I've been traveling a lot myself for business. I'm going to California tomorrow for business. Um, and the airports are packed. Actually, it's the first time I've got my uh, TSA pre-check I signed up for because um, not in all airports, I'm I'm able to check in through clear. So some of these airports are getting so busy that I need my pre-check or I'm going to be standing in line for hours. I love Clear, by the way. I'm a big fan, been a fan since the beginning of that company. And I just noticed that my TSA must have expired because I just flew last week and I didn't get that on my on my uh, ticket. So I had to go through the regular line. But good news, there wasn't, in at least the airport I was, wasn't a very big line. But, you know, so I've been noticing that the one, planes are packed. There wasn't an open seat on any of my flights. And second, I noticed that for hotels, they were kind of expensive, meaning I was booking a trip to Miami and the rooms were like $1,500 at a night. Now, of course, that's the Ritz, but still, normally that room's like $400. Yeah, Miami is out of control. Actually, we're buying a hotel um, with my partner in Tampa, and um, it's, it's, it's numbers are crazy. What's going on in Florida is absolutely um, insane. 
and um, I'm looking at going to Florida myself in July, and my friend is giving me 50% off, and it's $800. At 50% off, it's $800. Well, and there, you know, I stayed at one of the premium Marriott's uh, properties, an autograph hotel, which is a really you know upscale little hotel in Orlando during, oh, I don't know, about two months ago. And the room nights were $33 a night. I wouldn't book the whole month. It was going to stay the whole month because it was cheaper than going home. Wow. That's yeah. Now that room's probably $400 a night. It's a lot more expensive. Now, I, I mentioned a recent survey and a recent survey from the American Hotel and Lodging Association found 77% of hotels won't survive without more federal assistance. How do you think Congress can help them? Well, Congress can help. The CMBS loans are, are a problem. Uh, there's a lot of hotels that are in forbearance, but what's going to help really, Congress can help by passing any law that HALA is basically put in front of them, which is basically helping them. They, they did a great job by giving them the second round of PPP money, which has helped a lot. Now it really comes down to um, people traveling, people getting in the hotel room. So any right now, outside of helping people with that are hotels that are in forbearance and that are in foreclosure, which really aren't as many as you would think. People said that many, many hotels would not come back from this. And in New York City, um, there, are, there are several hotels that will never open again. But yeah. by and large, most hotels are going to reopen. Most hotels um, are going to come out of forbearance, but it comes down to people wanting to travel. But the last round of PPP money has really helped the hotel industry. And Chip Rogers at EHLA has been a real driver of that. Well, some of the hotels in New York, across from my apartment building there, they had a brand new uh, Hilton Garden Hotel was put up, and now it's a homeless shelter. They put the yeah. homeless in there. Well, the, you well, saw there, a lot there, of that. There, well, look, there's over 30 hotels in the five boroughs that are homeless shelters. The first hotel I ever ran as general manager was the Lucerne Hotel, which is a beautiful hotel, which is which is really a staple of the Upper West Side. We turned it around. It's gorgeous. It's a homeless shelter. Those hotels will not be homeless shelters soon. But the owners, the reason those hotels are still in existence, is because they had to go to the city. They get, I think, seven thousand a month per room to 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 have people in the homeless shelters. Um, once once they stop doing that, they'll be back as a hotel or they'll be back as a um, apartment building. I think the New York City. A uh, hotel uh, market is going to be as strong as ever. Give it 18 months. It's going to be back as strong as ever. The homeless shelters were necessary for uh, for maybe some failures of the government, but they needed to you know, house these people. They did. The, the hotel owners got their money. And now the Lucerne is not a homeless shelter anymore. It's a, it's a moment in time, unfortunately. But fortunately, those hotels are going to survive. Well, speaking of a moment of time, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back after this message. C-Suite Radio. Hey, everybody, we're back and we're live casting right here on LinkedIn and Facebook as I bring you all business with Jeffrey Hazlett right here on C-Suite Radio. C-Suite Radio, of course, the world's largest business podcast network. And we're so glad that you're tuning in and listening. And today with me, I have Anthony Mulcahy. Anthony is, of course, he's the travel man. He's the hotel turnaround specialist. And we're talking all things vacations, business, travel, hotels, everything. So, Anthony, another question I have for you. I saw a great video that you did urging Congress to do more for the hotel business. And a lot of people think that the hotel industry is dominated by the big chains, but it isn't, is it? 
almost no hotels are owned by the big chains. It's um, the majority, the vast majority, over 90% are mom and pop hotels. Um, when you go to a McDonald's, you don't think Ronald McDonald owns McDonald's. You know that's a small business. You know that there's a small business person that runs that. And these people have their entire life savings in these businesses. So their McDonald's goes out of business, they go out of business. So the Marriott that you see on the road or the Marriott you see in the city, that Marriott's owned by a small entrepreneur. Now that person probably owned two or three or four or five hotels beforehand, started in a 50 room property, probably with their family living in a hotel, their, their, their wife or husband cooking in the kitchen and then basically having the whole family run their hotel. Then they were able to buy a bigger hotel, then a bigger hotel. Then all of a sudden they bought a 200 room hotel on highway 50 in Missouri. And you're staying at the Marriott and you think Mr. Marriott owns it. Not only they don't own it, they may not even manage it. Marriott doesn't manage a lot of their hotels. Those are management companies, third-party managers. So the owner has a management company managing it, so they have to pay them. They have a brand that brands it, so they have to pay them. Then they have the third parties like hotels and Expedia of the world that they have to pay them. And do you have any idea how much, if you book a room through Expedia or Hotels.com, how much we pay Hotels and Expedia for that piece of business? I I would imagine somewhere upwards of 40%. Is that right? 18%. 18. Well, that's good. That's better. Yeah, if there was 40%, yeah. we'd have no the hotels would be out of business. But well, but aren't there consolidators? Like sometimes I will actually use hotels tonight. I like that little app. You know, I don't know where I'm going to stay for the day before or something. And I've been able to get some great deals out of that. Um, and they're I paying think 20%, that, 18, 20%. Is it? Okay, well, that's interesting. That's the other thing. So it what are the trends? 25%, and we couldn't make a living. So, uh, uh, well, I mean, exactly. You got some fees that are up that high, like a high commission rate. That's really tough to be able to squeeze it look, out. Look, look at it this way, right? You get a hotel, uh, you get hotels.com, say for, you know, giggles, it's 20%. Okay. Then you pay the franchise fee, which is say three to 5%. Then you mm-hmm. pay the management fee, which is three to 5%. Well, and there's probably a, an, an ad fund that you have to pay in as part of the franchise too, right? Of course. Yeah. So that's Mark, another couple uh, percent, right? Very expensive. Yeah. Then you got taxes. You got everything, right? It's really, you you know, most people. If you're a union hotel in New York, you know what the housekeeper makes in New York City an hour, um, which I think they deserve because I think housekeepers are the hardest working people in the world. So, but a housekeeper in the union in New York City, by the end of the contract, which I think expires this year, how much do you think they make an hour? I I have no idea, brother. $40 an hour. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So, so $80,000, a year starting, right? Plus that's, medical, that's, yeah. plus school benefits, plus vacation, plus the best benefits in the world, which they all deserve. But if you're a hotel, say, I won't, I won't out them, but there's two hotels in Times Square. 2019 was the best year in the hotel business in New York City. And those two hotels were already sliding into home base of bankruptcy. Well, one of those was the New York Hilton went bankrupt. They turned the paper right back. 99 year lease. That property is worth what? 340 million. I know this because I've been looking at that hotel. That property was trading for about 340, um, 340 million dollars selling about five years ago. Today, you can pick it up, I think, for about a hundred million dollars. And then but you have to spend 40 million to reopen it again. Correct. You got to turn. What do you call? What do you got? You don't call them rooms. You call them keys, right? Keys. Yeah. So per key, whether it's a room, go per key. Like right now we're looking at hotels and uh, we have one deal that we're, we're buying. That is a great deal per key uh, in the market. Not a great brand, but a great, great per key. Then we're looking at two others in another market, about 
30 minutes from there. And they're about at the, about the average of, of a key, but there's still a lot of upswing on that hotel. Uh, in New York City, you know, hotels can go for over a million dollars a key. Wow. That's, a, that's crazy. What, what are some of the what are some of the trends that you're seeing emerging uh, in hotel stays as we, we get on the other side of the pandemic? Well, when we were coming out of the pandemic, people were booking business, uh, leisure business instantly. It could be 24, 48 hours. It was amazing. When I got in this business, it was three, four weeks. It was 24, 48 hours. What we're seeing now, which is incredible, and I just learned this on my podcast from CEO of one of the brands, and he's seeing that now business is actually longer. So now it's the, the window is two weeks or week to two weeks out. And that's because people are planning their summer vacations because they're seeing prices go up. They're hearing their friends saying, hey, I just booked a, a trip and it cost me X amount of dollars. So you're starting to see the window um, book out, which is good for us because when you revenue manage your hotel, the longer we can see out, the better it is and we can raise our rates. So if you book, if we're we're 40% going into next week, we're going to keep our rates low and we may not raise our rates until it's a little bit too late. If we're seeing occupancy um, three weeks out starting to really inch up, we're going to raise our rates. So it's good for us. And when people say, well, that's not fair. It's like you guys are getting as much as you can get for a room. So yeah, I can get a room for $33 in Orlando at an autograph when things are bad, I can get the same room for fifteen hundred because you're not paying my bills when we're zero percent occupancy. You're not paying all the costs that's associated with taxes and everything else. So it's unlike any other business. If you go into and get a container of milk, you're not paying twenty dollars for a container of milk on a Saturday unless there's a, a, a serious shortage. You're not paying in your favorite restaurant two hundred dollars for a steak. But you will pay two hundred dollars for that room you paid ten dollars for last week because Unlike those other, unlike a restaurant, the hotel's a need business. If you go on vacation, you need to sleep and, and, and lay down. If you go on business, you need a hotel. So the dynamic pricing for a hotel is, um, is critical to understanding. And if you don't, your hotel won't be around for too long. Well, speaking of being around, I need to listen to this sponsor real quick and we'll be right back. C-Suite Radio. Hey, everybody, we're back. We're live casting right here on Facebook and LinkedIn as we bring you all business with Jeffrey Hazlett right here on C-Suite Radio. Thanks so much for joining us. And of course, we're broadcasting into C-Suite TV. Today's guest is an expert at all things hospitality, Anthony Melchiori. He is, of course, the host of that famous show, Hotel Impossible on Travel Channel, and has a podcast, which you got to be able to check that out as well. And it's called Checking In, not just Check Out. Check In the In is the name of the podcast. So make sure you tune in for that because we want to make sure that other great podcasts are on your roster. So let's talk about your hometown in New York City. We mentioned this a little bit. I'm hearing as much as 20% of the hotels are going to go out of business. Is that right? No, I don't agree with that. I don't see that happening. Um, the business is going to come back. The, 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 the businesses that will go out of business were businesses that were going out of business anyway. Anyway. Any business right. that had good numbers and that was solid. If you look at it in 2008 after the crash, most businesses, especially in New York, the paper was good. The loans were good. It wasn't fake money. People that were in the market, uh, it wasn't, you know, uh, give us a dollar and we'll give you $90. It was give us, you know, 70% of the deal and we'll give you 30% of the deal. There was a lot of, there were, so, so these hotels were, uh, most of them were in better shape. There was a lot more cash. You were able 
excuse me, you were able in the in the pandemic to you had cash reserves and you also had options, whether it be the military, whether it be the hospitals, whether it be the government uh, putting in uh, in need people, there were there were options. So those those hotels like you're talking about, whether it be the Hilton and there's two or three other hotels in Times Square, they were already in trouble. Yeah. The hotel you're talking about, excuse me. Go ahead. No problem. We take a break. The hotel you're talking about, the Hilton, is on 42nd Street. You're not talking about the big Hilton. You're talking about the one on 42nd Street. It had yeah. five different partners. It had a, it had a land lease. And four, had, about 400 rooms, by the way. We're talking about a pretty big hotel. Yeah, but 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 in New York City, a 400-room hotel on 42nd Street is an expensive thing, especially when you have a different owners. You have the right. land lease, then you have the retail, and a different company owned the retail. Yeah, and most Different people don't know this, Anthony. That like, uh, for, I, know, I happen to know about this hotel because I, I was looking at it with some other folks as an investment. And in this particular hotel, you know, you got you get a ninety nine year lease on the land. Yeah, I mean, so it's not like you own it; you got to lease it. Yeah, and so that's, and that's and, and that's a lot of hotels in New York City. Yeah, but 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 you also had a restaurant operator that owned the restaurant space. Then you had another a couple of floors that were owned. So you have five different owners in this space. This space was in trouble. Um, you know, before the pandemic. So it's not the pandemic's fault. It was the way it was structured. So it, it, it was a problem child for many, for many years. I don't think the hotels ever made money. Well, you know, it's bad when the hotel just says, here's the keys. Oh yeah. You know, and turn it back. It, it was a bit, especially a big company like, like Hilton or like another operator. You, you still, you, you go like, here's the keys that, that says something. Yeah, but about again, it. Hilton didn't own it, right? It was just a brand. That's right. It, it was owned by a separate group. But when you have a 400 room hotel and you have, you know, all that labor that goes with a 400 room hotel, uh, the union wages in New York are fantastic for the employees. But you got to make sure you buy, you buy the hotel correctly. So, you know, when I look at a hotel, I'm, I'm curious that you, you, you're an expert in this piece of it. How do you really make money in the hotel business? Is it is it the rooms and the, or is it the food? I see restaurants, you know. I, I keep hearing about the restaurants. They don't make any money in the restaurants. The breakfast, even though it cost me 30 bucks for the buffet, you know, they're no, no one's making money. I think they should be making a killing. Tell me the real truth. What's where's the money made? The money's made in a 150 room boutique hotel with no food and beverage, no banquet space. That's where the money's made. The more food and beverage you put on, the more brain damage you're doing to yourself, the less money you make. Uh, if you're lucky to pull out a break even, um, in a hotel, you're very, very fortunate. Um, I'm working on two projects. One, we will make money in the hotel because we're buying for food and beverage because we're buying the hotel at the right level. So whether we open the restaurant or don't, the hotel is going to make money. The hotel with the partner we have um, is going to do insane numbers. Um, there's another hotel that I have in California that we're developing that is going to have five restaurant outlets and you've got to really operate it the right way. It'll make money. It'll do well. But you can't blink and you have to have professionals that have done this for the last 50 years doing it. So um, I, when I ran the Lucerne Hotel, we spent five years with an empty space on the corner of 79th and Amsterdam um, because the owner said, don't bring me someone unless it's the right guy. Simon Oren um, from uh, he owns 43 restaurants. Um, I spent five years looking for him, finally found him. He came into the hotel, it was probably 20 years ago. He put in a restaurant called Nice Matan on 79th and Amsterdam. It's still there. The owner's making money. 
with rent. He's making money and the hotel gets serviced and it, and it really elevates the hotel. But finding a partner like that took five years. If you think you're going to go in and like you have a new concept and you're going to make a lot of money in the hotel restaurant, good luck and God bless you. Yeah. Well, I would imagine that Uber Eats and all the DoorDash and all Grubhub, all the delivery services for food have been a real boon because you don't have to have that restaurant in the anymore. And and it's better for the guests. They get what they want, when they want it, how they want it. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I still like a restaurant in a hotel. A hotel can yeah. still make money in a restaurant if it's the right if it's the right feel. If the hotel we're developing in, in California, it, the hotel is going to be about the restaurant. It's going to be all about the, the rooftop bar, the, the historic supper club. Um, I'm bring, the chef that we're partnering with is bringing a three meal restaurant that's going to be a destination. We're putting in a jazz club. We're putting in a, um, a secret. Uh, shop that is going to get worldwide recognition. So you have to work with a lot of really talented people to make it work. And even then you got to make sure you're performing every single day. I love the hotel business. The restaurant and food and beverage business is a more challenging business, but uh, it's, it, it could be just as fun. But, but if you want to make money in a hotel, find a good deal with about 200 rooms with no other, um, with really no other outlets, but rooms, and you'll make a lot of money. So what's the biggest mistake you think most hotel operators make? They blame their employees. Um, mm. Most owners um, don't know how to run hotels and they think by pushing more pressure on their uh, housekeepers and saving two cents on soap is going to save them. And then they don't spend money on revenue management. I can, I can take over a hotel tomorrow. And if it's underperforming in a month, make it perform at 30 to 40% where it was performing just simply because of revenue management, because I have a great partner who's a revenue manager, used to run the Waldorf Astoria as a revenue manager, and he's been with me 11 years as my partner, and there's not a market she doesn't crush it in. So it comes down to revenue management. If you don't understand revenue management as a general manager or even a director of sales, we are the front desk manager. Um, you need to learn, go to eCornell and get their certificate. You need to learn revenue management. Give you an example. If you close a channel, there's a lot of channels that come into a hotel. You have, say, um, the consortias, the American Express of the world. You have the foreign international traveler. You have the corporate business. You have the leisure business. You have all this business and you have uh, the third parties, which hotels, Expedia, the world. They're all coming through a funnel. So as they're coming through this funnel, they're all coming from different highways. If those highways, if the speed limit, one is 30 miles an hour, one's 100 miles an hour, okay, someone's going to get there too soon. If you get there too soon, then that means your price isn't right. If you get there, if you get there too late, your price may be higher and you may not be able to, to, to even book that room. So, so it is a very complicated process to get a hotel to completely fill the right way at the right price it is an extraordinarily difficult task to do that. Um, unless you know how to do it, then it's easy. It's like anything else. Like what you and I do for a living, we're in entertainment and we're in, you know, we're in media. And for you and I, it comes natural. The first day camera went up, it was like, it was like I was in my underwear in my house. Um, <laughs> you know, it was just easy for me. Right. Um, but some people it's difficult, you know, revenue management's difficult for some people. Some people it's easy for them. those are the two talents I have revenue management and, and being able to talk in front of a camera. <laughs> so let me ask you one last question before we have to go. And that is what's your favorite hotel? La Residencia in Mallorca, Spain, um, was my favorite because I had my own pool. 
And um, I called my wife and she goes, what are you doing? I, I go, well, I'm looking at the resort. No one can see me. I have my own swimming pool. And I don't mean a little swimming pool. I mean a swimming pool. I'm in a presidential suite and I've been standing in my living room um, all day, just walking around, eating these great amenities naked. And she goes, why? I said, I don't know. Because you can. Because you can. It's like my business partner used to be Sheldon Adelson owns the Venetian in, in Las Vegas. And he would. And when I would go and stay there, his assistant would sometimes give me the presidential suite, which was 10,000 square feet. And I don't I can't I just tried to use every bathroom in the place. That was my goal for the day was yeah. to try to use every single one of those, you know, and, and of course, drinking lots of liquid in Vegas. But I always enjoyed that as well. Yeah, Japanese toilets are my new favorite hobby. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of every show, I like to talk about what I learned. I'll tell you what it was, revenue management. I mean, every business should be focused on that. Where the money comes in, what you're doing with it, how to get it through, how to get it through as fast as you possibly can, how to control the cost. That's the name of the game for every single business, you know? And if you're as an owner don't know what that means, you better figure that out. Now, revenue management's a term in the hospitality industry, but hey, managing the bottom line is really what it's on. Top line, bottom line. That's what I always do in my business. I want to know every day what the sales were from the previous day or at the end of the day. I like to do that old Z out. If you listen to my show, you've heard me talk about the Z out on a on an old cash register that used to do those. You used to turn a little key to the Z and that would add it all up for you and compare day to day, month to month, week to week. And you knew exactly where your business was at every single day. That's what a great owner does. And I learned that right here on All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett on C-Suite Radio. You're listening to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by C-Suite Radio, a podcast network featuring today's top business experts and is part of the C-Suite Network, the world's most trusted network of C-Suite executives. Find this and other business podcasts on c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.